Blog Talk Radio. When a coach is genuine and he's lived it, done it, he's lived here for almost nine years of his life, uh, had a family here, I mean, he knows what he's talking about, and parents can, can relate to that. And uh, for a guy to say, the first thing you're going to do is, get a, is to get a degree, it's, it's huge for, for a family. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build great student-athletes, uh, students first and then athletes second. So uh, that's how you win football games. That's how you, how you, how you develop a, a great program. What's going on, Minor Nation? We're back with another episode of the Rush Podcast. It's going to be a huge episode as National Signing Day is upon us. Actually, I guess it's kind of coming gone, huh? It's coming gone, but it's still fluid, baby. <laughs> I'm Anthony Salome, live with Alex and Nicholas in the house, a.k.a. the studio, a.k.a. Minor Rush Nation, a.k.a. something. A.k.a. I'm sipping a Tecate talking <laughs> UTEP Sports. What's good, everybody? Oh, man, huge day. Um, busy day. Busy day. UTEP announces 22 signees early on in the day, but I actually got an update for you all right now, bringing it to you fresh. Um, UTEP adds a, a 23rd signee late Wednesday out of Arizona, six foot, 175-pound defensive back. Um, don't have a whole ton of information on him. Omar Loy is his name. We'll, we'll look to continue to bring you more information on that guy as, as the, the days go on. But um, number 23 in the, in the list today of signees on National Signing Day for the UTEP football program. Um, you know, Coach Cougar comes in, man, and, and does an amazing job. It's not, it's not, it's not a class that has a lot of flash as far as oh three, four, five star guys. You know what I mean? There are a couple of guys that definitely could be in the conversation for three star, maybe four star, even depending on how they pan out. But you know, it was a class that that he he filled all the needs. He stuck to exactly what he was what he said he was going to do. You know, he attacked El Paso. He did an extremely good job keeping local talent here. He recruited the entire nation. And I say he really was his whole staff, but Mm -hmm. it recruited the entire nation from corner to corner, literally talking about, you know, from Florida and Orlando, a guy like uh, Demarcus Womack, you know, all the way to California with a few guys out of L.A., up there to, to, to Washington State, New York. I mean, literally recruited the four corners of the United States of America. I mean, great recruiting class. A lot of guys that are going to fill immediate needs and needs for the future. Build, like you mentioned earlier, as you were on the radio with Steve Kaplowitz, uh, kind of build that roster and those those depth charts for years to come. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, not only that, but the size of these linemen that he's bringing Huge. in. I mean, it, it's, it's Cougar ball in all phases of everything Cougar's doing with this program. I mean, from from a character standpoint to recruiting El Paso, I mean, it's just it's just really amazing. I mean, you know, it, everybody's from the outside can probably look at it and be like, oh, well, UTEP has the, the least rated amount of whatever stars, recruits. But if you look at, at deep at inside of what Cougar's doing and as far as bringing, tapping into prestigious pipelines, bringing in schematic fits, and bringing in guys that have great character and were productive in high school. They may not have had, you know, the the – the stars next to their name or they weren't at the opening or these Under Armour events. But I mean, these guys had production, like you said, potential for that. And it's really, really good just to see the work that they're putting in and not, you know, I don't, I don't want to call any coach lazy, but you know, coaches that are kind of just are able to go to their area and stay in their area. This coaching staff went 
above and beyond yeah. of where they were required. They, they, I, I saw somebody say where somebody was complaining about UTEP not going to Houston and recruited. They were there in Houston, yeah. but they have they're starting to build presence in, in different parts where UTEP has never been touched before. And pitch it's just really, really great to see that. That's why I think this class is great. It's not because of who signed or what signed, but the the relationships that these guys are building with high school coaches, with prestigious high school coaches and prestigious programs and, and areas that seem like they could probably have six, four, 230 guys come out consistently, you know, based on whatever position they're looking for. But just very, very impressive the way that Cougar was getting out this done because a couple of weeks ago, all the national guys, all the Conference USA guys were kind of laughing at UTEP, like, yeah. what's going on? But if, if you know the schematics of UTEP recruiting, it starts in December. And these guys and busted was, their ass. It wasn't that. even outside of you, to, uh, outside of El Paso only, because there were definitely, I would say myself included, that you start coming into December and you start thinking about, well, hey, um, only see four or we, five we got a now. recruiting class to put together here, you know, and, and you start worrying a little bit. But but when it's all said and done, they did an amazing job. We, we mentioned it a little bit here. We'll continue to talk about it. We actually have a two-hour show planned. Oh, I know that. Which is news, which you, news you, to Alex You threw here. me off. Uh, you know, if we cut you a little shorter than that, that's cool. But if, if you hear me pause, hours, I'm going to the cooler to get another coffee. <laughs> we got two hours if necessary. But, uh, yeah, going to be a huge show. We're going to be talking to a few of the minor uh, – Recruits commits that that just signed. Miners, let's call them they, miners. Yeah, they are they're miners. They're miners. The new miners that that signed today, starting with Colt Ford, a tight end out of Bothell, Washington. Kalon Beverly will be in out of Edna Carr High School in New Orleans. Denzel Chukwukilu out of Rockwall. I hope I got his name got right. Uh, Kavika Johnson, Mayfield quarterback, going to be in the house. Tyrone, Nel- I shouldn't say in the house. They're not really with us. They're going to be on air though. Tyrone Nelson, running back, deep back out of University High School in Los Angeles. We got some guys on here going to be talking to them, find out about the whole recruiting process, see how how, how they they felt this whole process went. And it's just going to be a great show. But we're going to start off right now with a caller. We got Adam out of Oklahoma, a.k.a. Kid Miner. What's going on, man? Hey, guys. Great show. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Hey, Tell I'm us what you want to talk about. Man. I want to talk about this class, and I want to uh, talk about Cougar's philosophy where he believes that he really doesn't want to start freshmen. I know last year the situation situation was we had something ready to play, and so they played. I was wondering, do you think that he's going to sit on this class and try to keep them all until next year, red shirts? You, guys, you see I don't how think the team practices, the... you see the team. What's, what's your opinion on that? I don't think there's there's going to be – uh, an entire class at red shirts or gray shirts. But, you know, there's definitely going to be some guys that are going to play well in the spring. Alex talked about it on the radio earlier with um, with the fact that you see you see in past years guys like an Aaron Jones, you know, coming out his freshman year that had a great spring uh, and it really took over the starting job from a guy like Nathan Jeffrey that we figured would come in and start. So you're going to have those guys that are going to be able to make an immediate impact, along with, like, your JUCO guys that are going to fill immediate need. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I would say that overall, um, Kugler's philosophy is, and he talked about it in his press conference, is, is to build these guys for the future. And, and he talked about um, the 2013 uh, class that I believe it was 12 or 14 guys, something like that, but that each one of them was a starter on this 7-5 and five team. And he would like to see 10 to 12 guys a year, you know, come in the following year and be starters in that year. So there will be guys that fill in immediately, 
But I think his philosophy is definitely to build for the future. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. That's, I think, something we've been missing, that type of philosophy for the recruiting-wise. Um, I was one of the ones that was high on Mike Price. What happened happened. I think he was good for the program, but this is even a step up from that, and it's great. Like you said, with all the um, connections he has, I believe we're going somewhere and somewhere great eventually. It's just oh, there's no doubt about me, it. I mean, yeah, to me, from New York across to Washington, what the heck, you know, UTEP? That's something else. Yeah, that is. That is our name is out there. Um, one last thing, guys. You know, I appreciate the show. I listen when I can. I'm hoping that uh, other fans get a chance to call in. Um, I lived up here in Oklahoma yeah, for 25 years, and I've had education, so to speak, about football since I've been up here. And I know a lot of El Paso that have left El Paso and sports fans have their eyes have been open. It's like, wow, this is really how football and fans should be. And with shows like yours and with the different message boards, I think El Paso is finally catching up. And I think that's a good thing, and I hope we can do more. Great job, guys. Oh, yeah, we will. We, we, it won't stop, man. You won't hear nothing. Well, we, we can promise you that we won't stop. We're going to keep bringing this good coverage, man. Appreciate your calls. Appreciate the likes on Facebook. Adam, appreciate you coming by and stopping by and with the comments. Thanks a lot, man. And, I mean, he said it perfectly. I mean, just kind of like what we were talking about of Cougar touching these four corners and, and going deep and kind of back on, on what Adam was talking about as far as who – could we possibly see on the field? I'm, I think I, I, I could really see a guy like Kalon Beverly becoming a, a, a special teams guy, even becoming maybe a package corner or maybe even a package blitzing corner. Um, and then, like I've talked about, I went on with on Cap Show, I'm talking about Kavika Johnson. I think that's another guy. Um, you know, but I think you will see majority of these guys get red shirts. I think, you know, the way that it's, the way that it's filled out, the JUCO guys will play. There's no doubt about it. Um, but you know when you got, when you talk about guys like Foster Dixon, um, you know when you talk about even maybe a, a big D Denzel, um, you know that could be another guy that could be a redshirt. But it's really I think w- what Coogler's attitude is is if you come in here and you turn some heads and you hit somebody and you make a couple plays, uh, you know in, in camp, there's no doubt about it that they're going to give you that opportunity. So you know it's something to keep an eye on. That's something that makes practices more interesting. It, it makes a lot of things just more interesting. Uh, in terms of, of hard work, you know, that's where it really turns into now with so many guys that are returning for UTEP. It's just about who's going to put in that work to separate themselves. And, um, you know, if I had to say, if I had to name anybody from this class, I would put Kalon Beverly and, and, uh, and Kavika Johnson up there with the rest of these guys developing as great, you know, either impact starters or guys that are going to, like we said, they're going to fill out the death chart. Because UTEP is going to use a lot of these guys. There's no doubt about it. You watched last year how many packages they had on certain offenses and defense. I mean, there's just guys running off the field if you really watched UTEP last year. I mean, they're, it's not they don't just rely on a core group of guys. It's nice to have that, but Cougar is building what it looks, hopefully in the next couple of years, looks like a debt monster and a physical monster, and that's what we're kind of seeing with this recruiting class. You know, and something that, that I want to touch on real quick is in the last few weeks, um, you hear a lot of names. You know, in, in the recruiting process, you hear you hear that this guy's committing or, or being recruited hard or he's thinking about it and he's a solid commit and he, he looks like he's in – whatever it might be. Uh, you know, we talked about them, quote-unquote, gathering information on a couple of right. JUCO quarterbacks – I'm sorry, Division One transfer quarterbacks. Um, and you hear a lot, and, and I kind of questioned – 
not in a bad way, but just what Kugler was doing with the program, like what his mindset was for the future. Is it, are, are we just patching up things, you know, as we go along or are we building a program for the long term? And, and I think today he answered that clearly resoundingly with, 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 uh, with one of his statements, you know, talking about how they're looking to develop freshmen. They're not looking to, to just fill holes. You know, you're going to see some Juco come in, but it's not going to be a ton. I'll play a clip for y'all so you can hear exactly what Coach Cougar talked about. Sign 17 high school players. That will always be what we want to do. We want to sign high school players, and we want to develop them. We signed four junior college transfers, and that will always be our maximum. Uh, we sometimes have needs in certain positions that we have to fill. We have to find the right character type of people when we're looking for a transfer. And we did sign one transfer from the University of Texas, which will, which will begin the start of our class. But the players that we've recruited here, fellas, uh, have led this team to the first winning season in, in nine seasons, a bowl game, the highest GPA in school history, and the highest academic progress report, the ACR report, in school history. This program is going nowhere but this way. I almost couldn't clap. I was real close to it, but then I forgot what I, I thought you were clapping, man. Nah, I was, I was trying to be good. But, I mean, that's just – I mean, what more, what more could you want from a coach speaking to fans and, and media there and just laying out a plan. I mean, laying out a plan that he's followed to the T since he's got here. It's just real special to see what's developing, just like you said. No doubt about it. We're going to be joined here by Cole Ford in just a second. But, um, you know, just hearing Coach Cougar talking about – about building that program. He's talking about grades. His coaching staff's talking about getting these guys in here, getting a degree. You know, it's it's school first, it's football second, and you're going to get a lot of high character guys in that, you know, recruiting that way. And that's something that, that might, you know, it looks great on paper with, with you know, these, these ratings and whatnot that they do nowadays, measuring GPA across the team and whatnot. But, but, it it translates to success on the field when you got strong, disciplined guys like that. And and I just uh, you know I got to commend Coach Kugler and his staff for for looking out for for guys like that. And right now we're going to be talking to uh, Cole Ford, tight end out of Bothell, Washington. Cole, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing real well, thanks for asking. How does it feel to be a part of the Minor Nation? It feels great, you know. It's just from the moment I stepped off the plane, I knew there was a place for me. Uh, had a few other offers, but I just couldn't couldn't leave Texas. So I feel it's what, what great. was it about Cougar, man? Was it kind of his, you know, family man approach where he brings everybody in just like their own son? I mean, what was kind of the attraction when it came to actually, you know, meeting with Coach Cougar, not only Coach Cougar, but his whole staff? Yeah, definitely that was part of it. Um, I had a whole bunch of coaches coming in and out of my house, and the only two coaches my mom liked were Coach Nat Kid and the tight ends coach and Coach Krugler. They were the only two that she that like stood and talked to her, and just they went about they did everything right, you know. So just, talk to us about your recruiting yeah. process, man. Some of the other schools that were in the running for you, and and uh, and just what eventually led you to to feel that UTEP was the right place. Um, see, I had offers. My first offer came from University of Montana, uh, close to home, and everything. So that was I was I was in the other major school that I was like looking at got offered by University of Ohio, University of Idaho, New Mexico State, Portland State, UC oh, Davis. Man. 
I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm sure you'll learn real soon that we're glad you picked us over the Aggies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was, I was talking to you once. I, originally, I was going to take a visit out to New Mexico State after I took my visit to UTEP. But <laughs> everyone I told was like, you don't want to go out there. They're the other, the other <laughs> ones. No yeah, one your, your high school facilities is... may have been nicer than New Mexico State facilities, man. No doubt about it. <laughs> uh, but it, you, you participated in the Nike uh, in the Nike Spark Combine, 4.740. That was clocked in as the fastest tight end in the nation. What are you going to bring to UTEP as far as the tight end position? What are your strengths? How do you see yourself fitting in? Well, to be honest, I'm going to do whatever they tell me to do. Uh, helping at the high school, we kind of run a spread offense. So I played a lot of slot and a lot of hand down. So I can fast enough to get out in space and make plays, but I'm also a good blocker. So I'm do do whatever they need me to do. You you come in off a team that was a perfect 14-0 uh, class 4A state title out there. Talk about what that means and how that prepares you to transfer into the, the Division One, into Division One football. Well, we played the best kids from all around Washington. Uh, so best talent. There's a lot of good kids up there. Washington's kind of an underrated state for football, but there's definitely some guys up here that can ball that we got to play with my whole high school career and. Also, I don't know if you heard, we got to go down to Florida to play Miami Central oh, yeah. for like a bowl we were game. Watching. Yeah, we were so watching. definitely got to play some of the best kids in the nation down there. I think they had six kids in the ESPN top 300 when we played them. And just the competition level was just like college, I, I feel like. So, yeah, That's I feel pretty prepared. Did you play with uh, Lafasta? You played with Darren Lafasta when, when he was at Bothell? Yeah, he was a senior my sophomore year. Kind of. So we we played together a little bit. I played, I lettered that year. That's my first letter. So, no, we, we got a good history. Does, does having a guy like that that you might be a little more familiar with and see that he's he's done well here at UTEP, does that kind of make you a little more inclined to maybe choose a school like UTEP, or does that really not factor into your decision? Oh, no, I definitely did. Uh, like, John Lufasa, his dad is up here, and he was always talking to me about Utah. And having, always having someone you know and you're familiar with, the big thing. And just what the coaches told him they were going to do with him, just, like, prove that their honesty and just everything they said that was going to happen happened for him. So, I mean, I trust it's going to happen for me, too. So, definitely a huge thing. Well, Cole, we're definitely excited for you to get on campus, excited to cover you over the next four years. Thank you very much for your time, man, and welcome to the family, man. Well, thank you. I look forward to seeing you guys, too. Uh, you guys have a good night. Thanks, man. There you have it. Cole Ford, 6'4", 235-pound, tight end out of, I guess, Bothell? Bothell? Yeah, I, I probably should have clarified that, but, yeah, I mean, definitely – uh, you know, with that yeah, well-spoken kid, well-spoken kid, man, no doubt about it. And, I mean, you know, we we hit on some of the key facts, you know, the 14-0, the fact that they went out there to Miami, you know, state title, stuff like that. You don't get that in every player that, that, that goes on to the Division One level, especially for a school like UTEP. And yep. I'm not trying to downgrade us or anything like that, but, you know, these, this is a state champion football player right here. You know, when you look at some of the other guys in this recruiting class, you have an All-American JUCO guy. There's guys that, that really have proven themselves at different levels, and you don't see that multiple times 
at a school like UTEP. You could probably go across Conference USA, and in their class, they probably only have maybe one or two guys, whereas in UTEP, there's a handful of guys that have played at that level. And, and that's just, you know, it's great to see. And I can't wait to see Cole Ford, you know, bloom into tight end, defensive end, whatever they end up putting him at. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be tight end, but he, he's, got he, right he's got the right attitude. Got the right and if attitude. you look, he had, I think it was like 16 and a half sacks. His senior year? Jesus, that's an athletic mark. I mean, the guy's <laughs> well, 4'7", 40. I yeah, mean, one of the quick. fastest Titans at a Nike Spark. If we had that guy off the edge, coming off the edge as a pass rusher, I mean, either okay. way, man, either side of the ball, looking forward to following him. We got another caller. Um, let's see what they got to say. Who are we speaking with? Hello? Revive <clears throat> with the rush. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. We hear you. Can you hear us? All right. Run them. Run them. Looks like. Call back. Uh, yeah, call, call back. back we appreciate we'll, we'll you calling you in. You uh, I don't know if you couldn't hear us or not, but uh, anyway, again, Cole Ford, looking forward to, to his four years here. Talk a little bit more about the, the press conference today, man, and how things went, and, and just talk about, I guess, the attitude of the coaches and what what they see as a whole in this recruiting class. You know, it's. It's gonna. It's kind of repetitive what they're gonna see. I mean, we could see classes like this where it's lineman heavy. Uh, you know, it's it, it's it's kind of like it's like they're they're trying not to mess with the success that they've had in bringing in these type of kids. And and you're really just seeing that. You're seeing that grow. You know, you're seeing that grow. You're seeing that growth from them. They're excited. And you know, it was a great atmosphere. I was glad that the fans were able to be there. Um, you know, to hear them and, and to see the they, between the the recruits, Cougar showing highlights. So not only are they listening to Cougar talk about them, but they're seeing these kids yeah. actually. So it was definitely a good experience for a lot of fans out there. Let's check out this call. Let's see. Uh, you're live. What's going on, man? How are you doing? Hey, this is Art Vandelay from Kyle's Den. What's going on, Art? Oh, no. How you doing, man? Doing well. Enjoy the show. I heard you guys are going to have uh, Kavik on. We are working on having Kavika on. He should be on around seven forty, seven forty-five in that in that time range. Uh, I just wanted to see if you guys could ask him a question. You know, I wanted to see what the process was with his dad being uh, a coach over at NMSU. See how that played oh, into yeah, it. We could def- that's a big question. I think even Cougar has for him, so no doubt about that. Yeah, for sure, we can get that in. He's, he's so, kind of a tweener so, guy that we're waiting for. I, we didn't I we didn't talk to him correctly to come on, but we're expecting him. No, no doubt about it. Okay, that's all. I just want to see if uh, if you guys have a mind, if you could ask them that, and uh, want to hear a response. All right, sounds good, man. Appreciate the call. Shout out to the Coyotes, then. All right, let's see. We got a call back here. You're live on the rush. Hello, 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 hello. Bueno, chicos, tacos. <laughs> this is. Uh, I don't know what's going on, man. We can't hear you. Uh, having some audio difficulties. I don't know. It looks One like you're time. calling you, from a landline. You, Maybe try a cell phone. That might work. I have no idea, but I'm sorry about that. Uh, that that's an interesting question, though, man, with Kavika Johnson and his, his possibly being a part of that staff out there. What as okay as 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 a dad, what are you telling your son? You know what I mean? Like the, the story Cougar told. In the presser, I could I could be wrong. I'm kind of just, I was kind of tweeting, live tweeting as well. But he was saying that he saw them in an airport, and the dad came up to him in a New Mexico state uh, in New Mexico. Pretty good. I did him. Um, he came up in a New Mexico state shirt, and that's kind of how the the it kind of started. So it, I mean, it's 
I kind of look, I, I've been watching that Snoop Dogg, I don't know if you've seen it, that Snoop Dogg where his kids, yeah. and you kind of get a sense where, you know, you wonder, because as controlling as Snoop Dogg is with his son, and, and he's kind of hard on him with football, he's relaxed on his decision, and that's one thing that he don't touch on. Yeah. He, he'll he'll be quick to jump out, and he'll be quick to, 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 to criticize him, but he's really backed off on his decision, him being a USC guy. So, I mean, there's no doubt about it that that was probably a factor in there, and you know, uh, let's go ahead and move. We got our next call, our next guest on here, Kalon Beverly, out of New Orleans, Louisiana, joins us. Kalon, you on the line? Yeah, I'm on the line. All right, man. Talk, man. First of all, congratulations on your signing, man. Just, what's the feeling like? What, how was it today, kind of being a mini celebrity out there? Um, it was great, you know. Um, but my sanity and you know, my mom was real proud, and um, I'm happy to be a minor. Talk about what you expect coming in, man. Being a minor, you come in as a freshman, highly acclaimed. Um, what what are you seeing for your freshman year or for the future? I mean, do you are you looking to come in and try to make an immediate impact? I guess that's a question that that, or I guess that's a simple answer. But I mean, what do you see for the for for yourself for your freshman year and for the future as a minor? Well, I see me being a freshman All American, and I see me dominating oh, right. and and as a team for us, we making a better record and that we're going to get y'all even a bigger bowl game and kind of get, you know, get ranked in the college football. That's what I'm trying to build this program to be. So the great trying goals to, and all that. Trying to make it happen. Talk about kind of your first impressions of El Paso coming from New Orleans. Most people probably think it's a culture shock, but, you know, just based off Twitter, it seems like you kind of you kind of bought into El Paso. Talk about what you've seen in El Paso, the city. Uh, um, actually, when I, went, when I went to El Paso, I thought, you know, it wasn't – I thought it was just desert and, you know, mountains, but – I was surprised. It actually, you know, they have a lot of stuff they have in New Orleans. You know, it's, it's actually a lot. You know, a lot of people party out there too. So, you know, and um, they got a lot of places that I ain't never been ate out at. They got like what, Whataburger and or I actually I never really oh, ate yeah. Whataburger. So uh, I never really ate it till I got out there. So and you know they have the same type of women that we have down here. So you know I, I figured that you know it's a great place for me. You know they have a lot of fans. You know the fans show good support for the team and. That's why I like it. Minor fans are huge Whataburger fans. So yeah. when you ate Whataburger, did that slide into your top five burger list? I, I, I got to know. What'd you say? Minor fans are big Whataburger fans. So when you, when you tried Whataburger for the first time, did that slip into your top five list of, of best hamburgers you've ever eaten from any burger joint? Well, yeah, actually, that was the best. All right. Hey, well, there's a water burger right next to you, too, so you don't got to worry about that. But, Kayla, talk about, about you as a track runner, too. I hear there might be something in the future for you as a track star. Yeah, actually, I'm um, I'm trying to come up there and run 100, 200, 400, you know, be on a relay. I'm trying to do a lot of stuff in my first year, and, you know, I'm, I'm a hardworking person. You know, I come from Nicole, so we always, you know, we always go to the championship. So I come from the championship breed, and, you know, I like to work. So, and I'm ready to come up there and work. And bring the program even even higher. Talk about playing at Edna Carmen. I mean, you played with some legit Division One prospects that are now at big time Power Five schools. How how did not only their work technique but their process and the way they went about their business kind of help you and establish yourself as a legit recruit yourself? Um, you know, by me watching them and as they practice, and by me playing practicing against them. It actually helped me become a better player, and I think that that's what I can bring up to the, the Utah, that my type of skill level and my competitiveness, I think I could, you know, really really come up there and ball. 
tell us a little bit about your recruiting process and the other schools that were after you, and, and I guess what what made you choose UTEP over those others. Um, it was Tulsa after me. I had Houston, Southern Miss, um, Memphis, and uh, I had Troy. But what stood out about U- um, UTEP? When the coaches told me that they ran a four two five, that was kind of a big thing for me. And you know, I actually have five DBs on the field. And well, as me thinking, me myself playing with the five DBs on the field, it actually kind of put me closer towards the college because now I don't now I can actually come in and try to find somewhere to play instead of just having two cars and two safety. So, you know, by run, by them running a four two five, I was like, man, I, I gotta get in. Now, 425, it's a lot of man. Uh, you know, are you more of a – that's probably the biggest question with DBs. Are you more of a zone guy or a man guy? You're going to play a lot of man here at UTEP. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite coverage. I'm, you know, I'm, about, the, I'm about the man coverage. <laughs> about that business, that's what I'm talking about, man. Um, Kaylon yeah, Beverly joining us. Kaylon, thank you for your time, man. You, I, I, I know you call yourself Baby Sherman. I think we might have ourselves a little Baby Richard so, Sherman man. in the future. So thanks, Kaylon, for your time, man. Congratulations once again, and uh, looking forward to covering you over the next four years. All right, thanks. There y'all have it, Kaylon Beverly coming out. I love, I love his confidence, man. Yeah. I love his confidence, man. You don't get that. Ready. And, and guy's ready. You just you don't you don't get that, man. And and um, talking about being a, a freshman All American, he's not setting these goals low. You know what I'm saying? He's not talking about all conference or anything like that. He's talking about All American. I mean, whether he does that or not, it's still yet to be seen. But I, I'm ready to see it. Sounds like know? he's got a chip on his shoulder yeah. to prove some people wrong. No doubt about it. Could it. be bigger colleges, whatever the case may be. But he sounds like he's got that chip on his shoulder, competitive chip. All right, third time's a charm. You are live on the rush. Tell me we got you in here now. We struck out. That's three. That's three. Hello, hello, hello. Hold on. You there? Yeah. All right. I guess that's about all she wrote for that one. Um, Yeah, man, talking about Kalon. Not only that, okay, first of all – you you don't hear a lot of DBs even mention that. We haven't really talked about the whole four two five thing much and the fact that there's a lot more spots out there for them to cover. Okay. And then he's so confident about going out on an island, you know, playing man, um and, and talk about his size and his speed. This this guy could be the whole package here in the future. It could be and we won't even call him baby Sherman, we'll just call him D Sherman. We'll call him K Long. I mean, he's got that mold. And it's funny as hell. Kugler, man, have you guys heard any of the of the clippings that we put up there? Kugler made a funny on Charlie Bailey. He, he made he made even the voice where he goes, Cougs, when you're gonna develop, <laughs> if you're recruiting the defensive back and they can or they can walk under a table, don't get them. Kalon Beverly, six one and a half with some long arms, and I really think that this guy is gonna make an immediate impact. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And then with that added confidence, you, you're gonna need that. You know, you're you're coming into a camp next year where you're playing against guys that were one of the top fifty top fiftieth defenses in the nation. These are grown ass men, and you're coming in here with that confidence to lay a hat, to make a play. I mean, that that's what you need. That's exactly what you need. That's the confidence you t- you need. For a young guy that can possibly come in here and make an impact, and, and it's huge. It's huge. Uh, I'm excited for Kalon Beverly. That's a, a part of the JUCO guys that we're rating the defensive guys from the freshmen. That's the highest rated guy. I mean, the guy had over ten offers, ten offers, 
had a uh, offered a Louisville Power Five school. I mean, this guy is legit, man. I mean, it's it's gonna be fun. Kalon, you know, welcome to the big time, man. Welcome to the big time, man. This is this it, it, people are gonna talk now. You to this is Division One football. You gotta have that attitude to come in here and play, and it's yeah, I'm excited for this guy, man. It's gonna be fun. We got this guy calling back on the line. What do you think, man? Four times a charm? Give it to him, man. Okay. He's got to work out those phone issues, man. <laughs> Let's try one, one more time. Hey, we're giving you one more shot, man. You there? I hear your TV. I, yeah, I can hear something in the background, but I definitely definitely don't hear you. We're going to have to cut that one out. Any more callers? We got three four seven nine three four zero nine five one coming up in just a second. Going to be talking with. You want to try it? No. <laughs> no. I've tried it the past two. Puffs. All right, I'm going to give it a go. Denzel Chukukilu. Is that well? He's going to verify it for us. He is going to verify, it, man. We're not going to have to. I mean, we'll know what it is. We won't have to be worried about saying it every time. I believe he's on the line right now. Denzel, is that you? Hello? Denzel? Yes, sir. Well, all right, man. Before we get started, you got to settle this for us. How do we say your last name? <laughs> Chuku Kelu. Chuku Kelu. We're pretty close. Oh, that's We're, we bad. Close. That's that's too bad, but we'll get it right. Chuku Kelu. All right. <laughs> yes, sir. What's going on, man? Congratulations and welcome to the Minor Family. Hey, thank you. You know, made that move. Talked to Coach Browning, Coach Higgins, talked to Coach Krugler, and uh, it was best for me to, you know, make that move and go ahead and commit because, you know, I felt like they had everything I needed, and I just felt like home there, so. Now, you committed before you came on an official visit. I mean, just talk about yeah, that yeah. visit. Talk about just the, the atmosphere that you oh. saw, the facilities. I mean, how 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 much more did that just solidify your decision when you came on your visit? Oh man, like honestly, like when I when I heard UTEP, I said, oh man, El Paso, nothing to do out there, just full of people and desert areas and everything like that. But when I got on my visit, when I took my official visit. I was really amazed, you know, there's a lot of things out there, like, you know, people think it's something else, like, in the middle of nowhere, but it's really not, yeah. like, you can do anything you can do out here in Dallas is where I stay, and, uh, you know, I got to, I got to, you know, talk to the players and be in the environment, you know, going to a uh, stadium and visit the uh, weight room, so I felt like they had everything I needed for me to be successful go there four years and get my degree. So um, no that's why I right. went ahead and made that move. There's some pretty Latinas right here. You hear from us, but you know, you know man. <laughs> You're actually coming to UTEP at a, at a very, very good time. I mean, it's always a good time to come to UTEP, but the, the school is just making such strides and has been over the last decade, uh, you know, with, yeah. with all sorts of new facilities, not just in athletics, but all across the campus. And honestly, uh, I was shocked. I think I mentioned this last week on the show of how shocked I was as as to how nice the campus has gotten even since from when I was there. I mean, grade A facilities yeah. all across the board. I think you're going to really enjoy yourself while you're here. But just talk a little bit about, about the whole recruiting process, man. I mean, what other schools were after you? And what, in the end, why did you decide that it was UTEP that you needed to be at? Well, um, I went to a private school for two years, my freshman and sophomore year. I didn't get the exposure that I needed, so I came to a, 
a school called Rockwall Heath with all my friends that I grew up with. You know, I was kind of I was kind of slow playing football. You know, I didn't I wasn't really you know guided in tools and got into skills and everything like that. So um, you know, I just started hitting the weight room, started pumping up some you know guns and everything like that. So uh, I had zero offers the whole year. Now when summer came. Of my junior year and coming to my senior year, I went to I visited as many camps as I could because I've gotten better. So uh, I visited UNT, Texas State, Texas, UTEP, and uh, et cetera. And um, when I got to um, UTEP, <clears throat> Coach Krugler, you know, he was, you know, introducing himself, you know, to all the players and everything. And we, you know, broke up in positions. And uh, I went with Coach Browning, which is my uh, defensive coach. And, um, we just started doing some drills, and Coach Krugler just, I guess he was impressed in what I was doing. So, you know, he sat me aside. He was just talking to me, you know, asking me if I have any offers, asking me, and you know, who I am and, you know, where I come from and everything like that. So um, it was one-on-ones, one-on-ones against a uh, defense and O-line. That's my favorite drill because I'm a winner, and I always win that. And um, I was going against, like, a six, seven kid, I don't know, like an all-star, all-American, I don't know. But, um, you know, I just kept whooping his tail. I kept whooping everybody in front of me. And uh, Coach Krugler got really impressed and was like, hey, we want to offer you a full scholarship. And that was my first scholarship ever. And once I heard that, I was like, man, you know, God really answered my prayers because I was waiting for this moment to happen, and it happened. And, you know, talking to Coach Krugler more, like, I felt like he was loyal to me. And, you know, I, I began to give him my loyalness back and, we became, we, you know, we got a bond going on and, you know, I've just been keeping in touch with him and, you know, he's always been checking up on me, even Coach Browning and Coach Higgins and always visiting me at schools and everything like that. So if a college, you know, feels, if a, if, if a college feels that good about you, that they'll, you know, do whatever they can just to get you, I think that you should go ahead and go to that college because they can support you and they can, you know, make you successful. So, I felt like UTEP could do that for me, and that's why I went ahead and committed. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. That's that's Cougar's way. That's that's the way Cougar does, and you'll see that for the next four years. One of the big things when you kind of look at, at when you don't watch your film and you kind of look at your size, and, and anytime you see a six four, close to three hundred pound guy, most people think that oh, you're 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 going to play in the middle. But Cougar told us today yeah. that you're a, an imposing a physical guy that could play on both sides. Where do you see yourself fitting in on the defense? You know what? If they want to put me on DN, I can play DN. If they want to put me on D-tackle, I can play D-tackle. If they put me on nose, I can play nose. I can play everything. I'm not just one uh, position. I play defense alignment. My job is to play every lineman. So I'm not going to be surprised if they put me at D-tackle or nose. Whatever fits for the defense at UTEP, I'm going to go ahead and do that because I want to be championships, and I feel like our defense this year can be a championship team. So, yeah. Talking about the defense, I mean, it's – if you if you know – if you have – I'm pretty sure you have. You've watched the 4 2 five. There's a lot, a lot of versatility in there. Is that kind of something mm-hmm. where Coach Cougar kind of recruited you as far as being versatile and being kind of – is that where you kind of get that attitude, just kind of looking at the defense and what they do, what UTEP does schematically on defense? Oh, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Because, you know, the defense set up right there, because the defense we have at Heat is a 3-4, and all we ever did was just apply pressure, apply pressure. So 
just looking at that defense, it suits me because, you know, I like to go in and explode. And, you know, when I was there on my official visit, you know, Coach Browning was uh, – he was even going over the plays with me, you know, telling me that, uh, ahead of time, like, what this is going to be and what this uh, that is going to be. And I just, you know, felt more comfortable. So, you know, just come, I'm going to come in and do my job and do what's best so our team can make it to the Alamo Bowl again this year. Did uh... – did, did Coach Browning kind of brag about his Boise State days to you when he was a part of the uh, the, the the big time Statue of Liberty play that upset at Oklahoma? Did, did he kind of say that to you? Uh, no, no, sir. I didn't. I didn't get that from him. Oh, you'll hear it from him. You, you'll, you'll hear it from him, man. Like Coach Browning actually was, he was on that Boise State team that uh, that that beat Oklahoma, Oklahoma in that Fiesta Bowl, man. So you're gonna be in really really good hands over the next four years. Denzel definitely looking to Portland yeah. play. All right, man. Yeah. Well, Denzel, we really appreciate you taking some time out to talk to us, and we look forward to covering yeah, no you and talking to you over the next four years of your career, man. Again, congratulations on your signing, and, and welcome to the Minor family. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me in, man. I want to thank you all very much. Great job on your first college interview, man. Official <laughs> college interview. Let me ask you something, man. Are you Are you starting to notice – a trend yeah, here. A big trend. A, a and trend I hope here. the fans are noticing yeah, the trend this, this here, like, too. This winner's mentality, man. Like, just like you just, said. Just, just winner's mentality. I mean, that's, you don't, you can't. You can't learn that. You can't nope. teach that's that. That's something that, that when we talk about, or when I've been talking about uh, pedigrees in high school and prestigious high schools, this is what it is. So, 210, San Antonio, Texas. I'm calling it. Yeah, the, the minor nation is deep in San Antonio. Holla at us. You're live. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Dropped call. All right. Um, yeah, man. Again, you can't teach that kind of stuff. That's not stuff that, that that these guys learn along the way. It's just something that's ingrained in you from from. It's just within you, you know. And I, you know, you start to see this trend. You start to realize. This is the kind of guy that that Kugler's going after. Um, this isn't—it's it, no mistake, it's no fluke. He looks for this in these guys, man. And that's why you—and that's why he says to him, stars don't mean shit, really. I yeah. mean, it, it's just straight up on it. Let's see, we got another caller on the line. Hello, how's it going? You're live on the rush. Uh, yeah, this is uh, UTEP defense from the uh, message boards, and I just kind of wanted to piggyback on what you guys were talking about a little bit earlier. You're talking yeah, about man, uh, Cougar. Not too much, man. I just wanted to, to like, say piggyback what you guys were talking about earlier. You're mentioning how uh, Cougar recruits a little bit differently, and uh, what I wanted yeah. to do is kind of expand on that a little bit. And you know, every college in America right now, everybody's happy about their recruits because. You know, you take a high school career and you put it in a five-minute huddle video, and, of course, everybody's going to look outstanding, you know. But that's not how Cougars winning games. Cougars winning games by uh, getting guys here into his program and keeping them. Uh, and, and the way that you can look at that is uh, if you look at, you know, most of these recruiting classes, as most of my fans will know, if you – just because some people are signing guys today doesn't mean they're all going to qualify. That's number one. Number yeah. two is – a big trend in college football is this transferring. So I think something like 40% of the, the, the signees will transfer within the first two years. Um, so now we go back and we take those two items and we look at Kugler. Okay, last year, a year ago, Kugler signed 23 kids. 
out of those 23 kids, all 23 qualified. So he hit 100% on his qualification of the kids uh, becoming yeah. eligible. Nobody can beat us there. They can uh, match us, but no one can beat us. Now we go a year later. Here we are now. How many of those 23 kids are still in the program? The answer is 22. The only kid that we lost was a kid that left with after a couple of weeks. He got homesick, went back to California. So, you know, we got 22 out of our 23 signees from last year's class still here in the program. I think we gray-shirted five of them. I think a total of 20-plus kids either gray-shirted or red-shirted last year. So, you know, that's where that's where Cooter's going to win his, win his games. You know, you keep stacking linemen every year. Let me year. jump in on that, you said defense, because you bring up a good point. I'm going to bring up a similar point. How about all the coaches' staff being retained for the second yeah. consecutive season, yeah. too? I mean, what, what are your thoughts Definitely. on that? To me, that's a – you brought up an excellent point, mm-hmm. but I think that that goes hand in hand. I mean, how do you feel about that? that that's big to me. No, exactly. In fact, uh, you know, I've been following UTEP football since probably about 88, which probably is as early as I can recall it. And I don't think we've ever born. had uh, the, we ever had these continual, uh, the continuity that we've had the way, especially on the defensive side of the ball. It just seems like every year we've been trying to find either new defensive schemes or we've been trying to find uh, – you know, different parts or pieces that we can add to our defensive coaching staff. You saw what happened from year one to year two last year just by having that entire defensive staff intact uh, from two years. And so, you know, you're now hitting – not only are you hitting on on a schematic point of view, but you're also hitting now on returning trips to recruiting territory. You know, Kugler mentioned last year going into these high schools and, you know, having that UTEP logo and not necessarily feeling too comfortable about that. This year he's going back with that UTEP logo and he's got a bowl uh, team, you know. And so mm-hmm. you got these same coaches going back every year, and they're 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 now going back to these same places, and you know, people now know they're UTEP. And so uh, I think that that's a uh, you know a really big piece of what's going on here. And uh, you know I can't believe that uh, uh, you know there was a lot of, of doubt about Kugler, but he had a, a plan from day one. He got the bad apples out, and now he you know he, he burned the thing to the ground. And now he's just rebuilding it from the bottom with his type of people. And, you know, when you keep stacking guys on the line of scrimmage the way that he's doing, it's eventually going to pay off for you. I don't think I could have said it better myself. I, I completely agree. And it's something that we were talking about just a few minutes ago, just about um, these guys that, that he's looking for, uh, not just with the winner's mentality, but the academic side of it and whatnot. These, these guys that are, you know, you're talking about them all qualifying and, and staying with the program, the coaching staff, same thing. I mean, that kind of stuff translates to on-the-field success. And like you said, we saw it this year, and people are starting to, to realize that and see that. Appreciate the call, man. Hope you, all, hope you stay tuned and, and keep joining us uh, on future Rush podcasts. Uh, up next, Definitely. we're going to be talking with a uh, quarterback that, that, Alex has been, uh, that Alex has been on for, for quite a while now, the quarterback of the 2015 class. Kavika, are you on the line? Uh, yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you this time. Sorry about that. We you threw us off with that two one zero area code. We're looking for five seven five. San Antonio. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, first things first. Congratulations on your signing and and welcome to Minor Nation. Obviously, you're coming uh, off a, a great year and a great career over at Mayfield and Las Cruces down the road. And um and I know a lot of fans out there are very excited to see you t- uh, don the orange and blue. But can you talk a little bit about your decision making uh, in that process? I know that NMSU was in the running. I know that New Mexico was trying to get you, but you chose to come to El Paso. Talk about that a little bit. 
Oh uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, it was a gut feeling, and uh, on my on my official visit, uh, I I, I just felt like, felt at home, and uh, Coach Kugler, the staff, and uh, all the players really made me feel like I was part of the family, and uh, they recruited me back uh, in my junior year too. That's when they first started, and uh, they just been sticking with me ever since, letting me know uh what's going on up there at UTEP, and uh, just asking about the recruiting process. So they they've been with me every step of the way, and uh, I'm very excited to be part of a Part of uh, an amazing program now. Oh, no doubt about it. And, and you know, the, looking at your high school film, I mean, there's just so many good qualities of you. you got great footwork, great decision making. How do you see yourself fitting Thank into you. the UTEP offense? And is there kind of anything, as the coaches may have told you, as far as scheme or, or how they may use mm-hmm. you either right away or, or down the road? Oh yeah, um, I feel like I'm a I'm a fit in uh, perfectly. Uh, we ran a lot of. Uh, of the same stuff that we that they run at Utah in my high school, a little bit of the read option, uh, quick game play action, and uh, what is different though is uh, they get under center a little bit and uh, go a little pro style and uh, throw the ball down the field. So that would be a big change, but a, a new uh, aspect to my game that I can improve on, and uh, I'm very excited for that to polish up on that and just uh, get ready, hopefully for another step and uh, just becoming uh, a, a, the best player I can be. Can we get a a popular question amongst minor fans, something that actually we had a caller a little while ago make sure that that we asked you was that your your pops is a part of the NMSU program over there, uh, running backs coach, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, That has to factor in in some way. Oh, you know, is that right? He he was a he was he he was he'll be happy with wherever I go, and uh, he's been supporting me and uh, just helping me along the way, and he didn't. uh, Forced me or pushed me in any direction. He wanted me to 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 take that next step and grow up and uh, just fill it out and uh, just really uh, just uh, like I said, grow up and uh, be a part of uh, the next step in my life. Was there a pitch that Kugler or any of the coaches threw that kind of compared your situation of your potential to the guy right now that's starring here for UTEP, Aaron Jones? Was there any kind of uh, was that thrown in any kind of pitch to you, kind of showing that hey, you could play alongside this guy? You guys are local guys, and it was that kind of a main draw for you. I mean, I, I, yeah, that was a, a major factor. I mean, just being able to play with a, a great player, uh, All American, uh, who's going to be one of the best in, in college next year, and. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I I've been watching him play ever since he was in high school at uh, uh over there at uh where is it? Burgess was it Burgess? Or? Yeah. 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 So I've been watching him and Alvin ever since they're over there. So uh, yeah, that was it. it was, I thought it'd be a great opportunity to play alongside him and uh, of course all the other players. They they have a great young group over there and uh, I'm just excited to get working and start grinding with those guys. <laughs> Kavika, again, you know, we appreciate you coming in, taking some time out. Um, one question that I've been trying to get at with all the uh, recruits is just talking about all the other programs that were after you. What, what, what who were they first of all, and and why UTEP over them? Yeah, I had a couple. I had a BYU, UNM, um, NMSU, Eastern Washington, UConn. Uh, Army, uh, a couple other places, but uh, Utah. Uh, I don't know. It, it was a, it was, it was close by to Las Cruces, which is great. I could have uh, my family and friends come to the games as well. But uh, it's also a new, a new place for me, and just to, uh, to get away and uh, just to see, see what it's like in other places. But um, 
don't know. It's just the academics are great. The facilities are great. And uh, the coaching staff, like I said, was with me from the beginning. And uh, I felt like I that they uh, that was uh, very respectful. And uh, I just decided, hey, this is where I belong. And uh, I, I feel like I made the right decision. And uh, I'm excited to be a part of uh, uh, something big. You had one of the most successful careers out of a quarterback, out of anybody in the El Paso, Las Cruces region. Four years of varsity football, 11-2 and two last year as a senior. Talk about how, how much is that pedigree of playing, that high level of Las Cruces, is going to help you come in and possibly even compete for a starting job next year? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, it, it's great. The coaches molded me ever since my freshman year coming in. And uh, they, I actually started uh, as a wide receiver and uh, – and the, and the corner, uh, my freshman year, I played on the varsity. And uh, my sophomore year, I was uh, thrown, uh, thrown to the world as quarterback. And uh, I took uh, the toll over that, and uh, I just loved it. And uh, the coaches have uh, they've done a really good job of helping me with my footwork. And uh, and just being able to play at that level, at the, uh, the 6A level, 5A level, and, and play against the best guys in the state, Zach Gentry up north, uh, Easton Brewer, um, Brian Trujillo, all those guys. Isaiah McIntyre, the local here in Las Cruces. It's fun. I mean, it, it gives you a, a glimpse of uh, what's to come in the future and uh, just being able to compete with those guys and maybe even compete with them sometime in college. Uh, it just get, just shows a little bit of what, what we got. And, uh, of course, it's a, it's a whole other level being going on to, on to college. But uh, it, it's, it's, been, it's been very helpful. I mean, it's been preparing me mentally and physically. So, uh, I feel like I go in there and uh, do my hardest and just keep the same mindset I have here, work hard and uh, and just stay dedicated and focused. And now you have the chance to run over the UTSA, La Tex, Norte, that's all the conference foes you're going to face over, and even Texas in 2016, man, that's definitely got to be exciting. Kavika, thank you so much for uh, for your time coming on the show. We look forward to covering you. We look forward to cheering for you, and we look forward to you grow as a young man as well under Coach Cooler and, and the program. Thanks so much for your time. Man. Oh, thank you so much, and uh, go Miners. <laughs> there you oh, have it, Kavika Johnson. Go hey, Miners. Shout out to Angel Luna for that. He, yeah. He's the one that Angel pulled that, that interview. That Angel, Completely. hell of a job, man. He's at work right now. He's listening to us, man, and uh, man, you know. I, and Angel's been big time, man. Angel deserves a shout out. I know that, um, uh, earlier on the radio when you were on with Steve Kaplowitz, he was talking about how, well, first of all, how you, how minor rushes come to the forefront as far as covering UTIP athletics. And I, I've believed that for a long time. Call me a, a minor rush homer, if you will, but I've believed that for a long time. I mean, you put a lot of effort into this in the past. You know, I put a ton of effort into this as well. We've, we've worked hard to kind of make this site just a go-to place for UTIP athletics. And it takes, it takes guys like Angel, man, to, to really make it go because we can sit there and spit out all the words we want, but this guy's coming through with, with some great information and, and helping us get in contact with some of these recruits like Kavika. Um, Angel's played a huge role. He's the backbone in of our football recruiting yeah, efforts, man. No, no doubt, doubt about it. it. He's done a great job, especially throughout these last few weeks uh, with National Signing Day coming and and uh, yeah, shout out to Angel. We really appreciate it and hope that that relationship continues. But one, one more topic before we move into UTEP basketball. There was a little something you wanted to talk about. Oh, that's right. We still got. Well, we're thinking still... about. We'll see if uh, if we're going to be joined by Tyrone Nelson. Not sure if that's going to end up happening or not. But um, 
what's this topic that you're talking about? We're talking about it, it was it oh, was kind of brought yes. up, you know, yesterday or well, yes. last night yes, into yes, today. Yes. There was some local drama, I guess, with some news media. We about won't even whole, get into that. Nah, we yeah, won't even get into that. I mean, kind of your thoughts on it. I, I mean, it, bit, it, let me let me let me spit it from my point of view because I I wasn't at the the, the conference today, the, the press conference, but apparently something went down where Cougar was a little upset about how. Um, how he was portrayed in the recruiting of some local prospects or a local prospect in particular. I don't know anything about that. I'm not even trying to go there. Before I even knew about that, I was just thinking about, you know, some of these guys, you know, we struggled to find, I shouldn't say struggle. We found Kavika. We found a guy like Tyrone Nelson. But, you know, we knew that running back and quarterback were key in this class. We needed to fill those spots. And, and you know, we got the news on Kavika yesterday or the day before. I'm not even sure when we actually found out, but um, that was huge, kind of solidified that spot for the class. <laughs> we were still waiting on that running back, you know. But it, Two it, running backs. It made me start thinking about some of the prospects locally that didn't sign with uh, with UTEP. Talk about a guy like Nick Bingham, out of uh, a running back out of Franklin, ended up going to Texas State. Um, and a pair of quarterbacks in Steven Montes out of Del Valle, probably the most successful quarterback out of the El Paso area who ended up going to Colorado. And also Baylor Romney, another quarterback out of Franklin that did pretty well on his, on his way out to Nevada. And, and I just started thinking about those guys. And I, and I was, you know, before the whole, before I heard the audio on the press conference and the exact quotes, it was just like, man, like, why, why, why didn't we go after these guys? Like we do such a good job. And you start thinking of these, these, I don't want to say negative thoughts, but you start thinking like, well, why didn't these guys go do that? You know what I mean? Why didn't they go recruit them? And and I'm sure it's a common thought of a lot of people that see a local guy go. But the truth of the matter is, and this is what I learned once I heard the audio and said, oh, well, duh, you know, it's just they are recruiting them man. they are trying to bring these guys in. But there comes a time when when these when these guys decide I want to go somewhere else and it might not be portrayed like that in the media. But that's the bottom line. They they were recruited by UTEP. You know, they wanted them to be minors, and they decided, I'm going somewhere else. And as Coach Kugler put it, look, if they want to go somewhere else, we wish them the best. But them becoming a minor or not becoming a minor is not due to the lack of our recruiting, as he put it. That's I mean, he's going to go after. I mean, you got two guys. One guy that I was in contact with was some Andrews coaches, Rashad Still, the wide receiver, ended up signing with, with Minnesota. He just wasn't a fit. Uh, you know, to what UTEP does, he, he's he's a great blocker. He really is, but he's more of a finesse speed player. He's not really that physical guy. He's a great blocker, downfield blocker. Um, but, you know, there's just certain guys that just don't fit your system. And, and Cougar's still going to go after him. You know, that's what it seems. I mean, he, Rashad still was on a visit here, uh, you know, an, an unofficial visit. A lot of El Paso kids take unofficial visits during the season, and we're able to see him. And it's hard to kind of put a face to it, but I mean, it it kind of just, they go after him. And really, on this subject, I just got to give the El Paso high school coaches a lot of credit because this is, since I've been, I've, I'm a Paso sports nut, and I follow everything. This is probably the most deepest Division One signing class out of El Paso yeah, I, in yeah, quite some time. Agree. I mean, it's impressive. I can't even remember any time that we've seen this many kids 
I mean, we see what, what happened you, with you, UTEP. You five see or six kids guys. go to Adams State. Yeah, you yeah, see yeah, kids yeah. go to those schools. But to see, I, I, you see guys, you got Nevada, Colorado, Texas State. Now, granted, you know, those aren't the powerhouses, but that's Division One football. Yeah. And that's what teams, that's what cities like San Antonio, Houston, all that's besides the five that signed with UTEP yeah. today and a couple more that are going to be preferred walk-ons that we're, we're still working on, as well as I think there was one or two other athletes, right, that are still no. – uh, looking or, or going possibly, somewhere else, possibly. Uh, but you know, Juco. Yeah, there's a lot of talent that came out this year, and I was thinking about that too, man. To get off topic a little bit, um, I was thinking about why is it that all of a sudden, and it's not just this year necessarily, because in the last few years, going back, talk about guys like Jack Fields and uh, uh, I can't think of his name right now. That came out of Montwood, the running back went to Tech. Oh, Britain, here. Eddie Britton. Eddie Britton. Uh, another kid that I actually knew, uh, Alex. Uh, come on. Oh, I know you. Alex Torres. Alex Torres, yeah, the receiver from uh, out of Franklin. Cornado Franklin, Franklin went to Texas Tech. You know, there's been a lot of guys that are starting to come out, and I think McFarland. more than anything, <laughs> McFarland. Yeah, we just got him. So there's a lot of guys that are that have been coming out, and then obviously other guys that have gone to Utah. But I think more than anything. It's the new age that we're in, man, yeah, the technology is. age, where it's so easy. You look at a site like Huddle, and you can go on there. You upload your videos. you upload, And these coaches don't even need to go fly out to El Paso, nope. Texas, to go see you play. Now they can see you play on your videos. On they can Huddle. message you through Huddle. They can message you through Huddle and everything. And I think that has a lot to do with it because it's not like the talent hasn't been there. Oh. You know, there's always been It's just guys. so widespread yeah, with all yeah, the damn yeah. high school kids. But there's always been those guys that can play at a high level. They just don't get noticed as much because we are out here on an island and, and you're starting to see it more and more and I think it's a great thing for the city and it's a great thing for UTEP because these guys start getting recruited and, and then we get I, I think it builds up our our class and our confidence in the guys that we're getting at least that's that's the way I see it hey man shout out to them coaches shout out to coach set my old ball coach <laughs> coach Walker but I mean I think I had you, you want to play them I, I talked I had a chance today to talk with uh Brian Nacken Y'all know who Brian Nacken is, UTEP All-American, one of the main hands that goes into the UTEP bag of recruiting. And I had a chance to talk to him, kind of pick his brain on some of the similarities that he's seen in, in the couple of, of past recruiting classes. And here's what Coach Nacken had to say earlier today. Let's talk about this class, man. Any kind of similarities from the, the past couple of two signing classes that you've seen? I think there's a lot of similarities, you know, heavy on offensive, uh, defensive linemen, uh, kids with great character and kids that want to win football games. Talk about guys like uh, McFarland and, and, yeah. and Ford. What do you see out of them? Well, and, and you know, obviously MJ's been a producer at the Big 12 level, and we're real excited about him. He's a smart kid that's going to be able to pick up a system pretty quick, and he'll, he'll be a difference maker at tight end. And then Cole's a guy that has a chance to really develop into a special player. He's got decent speed and good size, big frame, and he's got a chance. You guys built pipelines, not only pipelines, but kind of historic, prestigious pipelines. Talk about kind of that process of finding those prestigious pipelines of high schools like Boston high schools like in the car and yeah. even going out east to Canusius. Yeah, we're just we're, we're combing the United States. That's what we're doing. We're not leaving anything unturned. We're, if there's a player, we're going to go out there and see him and evaluate him. And if it's a good fit, we're going to take him. You know, I like what he said there at the end, talking about, you know, we're going to go wherever it, wherever we need to, whatever it takes. And Coach, uh, Coach Kuba talked about that, too, um, in another clip that I've got over here. But um, yeah, man, they're not leaving any stone unturned. They're heading all across the country to find these guys. And it, we talked about it to start the show, four corners, you know, from from Washington, New York, Florida, and California, uh, out to um, Louisiana, Texas, New Mexico, 
What am I missing, man? I mean, it, it just shows their worth, it, Nick. And I, I touched on it earlier. Instead of kind of settling for the two-star, the three-star kid that may have attitude problems and, and may, you know, whatever, these guys are going everywhere for their specific recruiters. Yeah. It, and that's, to me, that's more special than bringing in a group of three-star guys. Yeah, yeah, it's great. You know what I mean? But most of some of those guys, you don't know what you're getting. And these guys are doing their homework and getting to the bottom. Like Cougar says, you don't even watch turn on a game film until you hand them your high school transcript. He said that today. That's huge. And, and you know, huge. it's kind of cool that you mentioned that because you look back at a guy like Mike Price, and I was a huge Mike Price fan. I knew him. I'm not going to say I knew him personally. We weren't friends, but uh, I met him on a handful of occasions, had him on the podcast. You know, um, I, I was really a fan of him. And um, you saw in a lot of his recruiting classes, I, I don't know if we ever got a four-star guy, but they Ebel, would, could see, Ebel be? Uh, you know, Ebel, I don't know. Not during it when he came. Yeah, because he transferred, but... But there was there was a number of guys that were three star and whatnot and, and and highly touted if you want to call it that, but a lot of issues, man, attitude issues. problems, just work work ethic problems, just not 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 at all the kind of guy that you're seeing now coming into this program. And so regardless of those stars, as you know, Coach Cougar talked about in the press conference with, with a stat that came out earlier this week in, in the Super Bowl that there were zero five-star players to start that game, and there were more non-rated and two-star guys than there were three and four. I mean, it, it just shows that stars aren't everything, and, and when you've got a coaching staff like Kugler's got, and, and they're willing to travel and go wherever it takes and put in that work to find their guy that's going to want to buy into what they're selling, it's going to translate to success in in education with them to be able to get their degree and eventually in turn to success on the football field, which is what us as fans want to see. But he's making sure that he gets his guys. And, I mean, it's awesome to see, man. Let's let's go back to the calls. Um, is this fifth is time? This? It might be five. Fifth time Come on, man. Are you there? Can you hear hey, hey guys, this is a, a Zelka Miner. How are you guys doing? All right. Oh, what's up? Zelka? Oh, man. We some party now. It's a minor party, baby. What's going on? on? Hey, first of all, hey, first of all, you guys are doing a very, very good job. Keep it up. I mean, you guys are, you know, outperforming, in my opinion, you know, our local media newspaper and a lot of the, you know, the, the media, the television stations, they do the best they can. But you guys are digging, getting the scoop, and that's what we minor fans, diehards, want, want to know. Really do appreciate that, man, and we appreciate all those fans out there that that come and frequent the site. For us, all we are is minor fans, man. We're not journalists. We're not writers. We're not, you know, anything like that. We just do this because we love this program, and we want to see the community continue to be built, and that's all it's about. SB Nation, you know, Minor Rush, the way we say it is by minor fans for minor fans, and that's what it's all about. Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, I I do. I'm, I'm very impressed with this signing class. You know, Coach Kugler, obviously, he he played as a minor, came down from New York. I even asked him one time, okay, you're up there from, from New York, and I've got family up there. I go, what what brought you to UTEP? <laughs> Check out the weather, man. I mean, it's here, here we are, like, in October, November, and it's, like, you know, 70 degrees. You know, it's it's that's one thing. But the fact that Coach Kugler, you know, compared to uh, Coach Price, Coach Price was a great, great asset to El Paso, you know. He was. You know, the, last, the pre- previous 10 years. But, I mean, he did great for us. He actually elevated our expectations and our hunger for UTEP football. 
But I think uh, Coach Kugler, the fact that they're going out, out all over the country, no bounds, it just, I love that attitude. And the fact that he's com- committing, he's sticking to his gun and saying, we're going to get the best El Paso high school talent. Why all, all the other big universities, Texas, why Texas Tech? Why not UTEP? So I applaud Coach Kugler and, and his staff for going after these players. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And, again, we do appreciate you calling in. Hope you continue to call in and, and continue to come around Minor Rush and all the rest of the, the sites, the, the message boards and whatnot. Um, and I like what he said there about Mike Price because it is so true, man. I know it's been said. It, it deserves to be said again. Mike Price didn't just elevate the program itself. He elevated the expectations around the program, yeah. outside of the program, because before he came in, this was a 2-10 and ten consistent you know, I don't know, deadbeat, bottom of the conference, seller, dweller, Going whatever, ten, whatever regular. you want to say. You know, this this is this was a program that was in shambles. We had no idea what we're doing every year. No, do you remember going? I, to I, I remember going to I mean, games and going onto the field after. That, that's cared, how empty man. was. I could go and my grandpa's throwing me fifty yeah, yard bombs yeah. after the game, and we're there till one, two in the morning, and nobody's kicking us it, off. It, it was almost like like. A high school program, yep. if you want to call it that, and and Mike Price came in and he elevated this program immediately as far as success. You know, they went eight and four a couple times, but more than anything, he gave us as fans a taste of what it was like to be part of a successful yep. uh, program and and football team. You know, it was just it was something that once you tasted it, you wanted more of, and you couldn't get enough, and that's why. You know, that's why when when down the road, when, when Mike Price was still as competitive as he was as a coach and his previous team was, was as competitive as it was always, you know, you rarely saw Mike Price's teams get blown out. Yeah. Rarely did you see always them get blown out. They were guilt. always hanging with people. They might not be 8-4 and four every year, but they were always competing, and it was exciting to watch. And But that's why even though he had some success down the end, they were just like, look, man, you're not producing. It's time to go. And it's because of him. It's because of his own doing because yep. he gave them that taste. He said, look, taste of this. And we came back and we said, that tastes good. Get out of here. We want more, <laughs> you know. And, 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 and it's awesome to see where the program is heading now. And I, I give thanks to Coach Price because I think – it was he built it. The, I, I really the do think that. I really do think that. I mean, there were coaches in the past that have done what he did, but for this current era of UTEP football, it is because of Mike Price. I, I firmly believe that. Um, but it, it's it's great to see where Coach Kugler had has this program going, man. Seven and five this past year, and and even though something, you know, we're gonna start wrapping up football here and start heading over into basketball, but. Even though we got a tough schedule coming up, man, Real that we tough. haven't really oh, yeah, we talked even talk about. about that. We can you know, get into the next yeah. podcast. We, we, sure. talked about, we talked about it a few maybe months ago when we first saw the non-conference schedule finalized. And it wasn't really set in stone, but, but we figured this is what it's going to look like. Man, um, to change gears real quick, I am so disappointed in it, man. You're and not it's, alone, and, and it's not alone. it's not just about the five home games. It's not just about the five home games. It's about your non-conference schedule, the way it's set up. First of all, you don't get a taste of football until almost October, man. And, and, then, and then on top of that, the only non-conference game is against Incarnate Word. Look, you got to do better than that. You have to do better than that. 
we have such that you know it's so hard to gain uh, a following to grow a following you've always got your diehards that are going to be at every game but we saw it last year even with a seven and five team there were 20 25,000 a game in that stadium man you think you're going to do any better with incarnate word even if you are winning that's that's the big question that's the big question is is how will they react to yeah a winning program but you're not getting a Texas to come in here. You know, you're not getting the Houston to come in here or, you know, the teams that get fans fired up that they're used to battling over the SMUs. Uh, you know, it, that's that's a challenge. It's, it's a challenge, and that's that's my biggest question. Does the Will the winning speak for itself, and will El Paso respond to a winning product, or are they going to keep looking at it? Well, we don't want to go see UTSA, or we don't want to go see Old Dominion. I mean, you got to support your program, and that – that's going to be a big question. That's just a great issue to bring up, and that, you know, I mean, that's something we could probably go a whole podcast on because I mean, that's it's legit. And not only that, but it, it seems like I, I may have to go back in archives to look. But last year was supposed to be the seven-game homestand that's with Colorado bad. State with with some with some named teams that you know you take away that Kansas State game and you bring in Colorado State, who has had a great year last year. You may get thirty five thousand for that Colorado you know, State game after that law or you know wherever they put that. But yeah, I mean it, that, that was a huge. I think that was a huge drop. Well, I think this has started since Cougar took over, really. Well, first of all, you you made such a tough boat in his first season to yeah. come in rebuilding and do you do what they did with that schedule, five games at home and whatnot, and and they said you know oh, okay it's because of the the, the what do they call it the centennial celebration yeah. or whatever it is you know we're 100 year celebration there's so much construction and blah 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 garbage 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 you know um fine fine that's fine here we are in year 3 and what's the excuse now there really wasn't one they just kind of said oh well you know Arkansas what? wanted us to yeah, play now that, that's kind of how it worked out it's like dude you draw these comp, these contracts Years in advance, you know, there, there had a, it had to have just been a poor lack of planning, if anything. But to draw up a contract year in, a few years in advance, you have to know, like, hey, well, come 2015, um, we're not going to have any home games. Don't you think we should change this up a little bit? It's not like it just happened a month ago and, and, and Arkansas called and was like, hey, you need to play us this year, you know? Yeah. This, this is years in the making. And that's just poor, poor planning on the part of UTEP, Bob Stahl, I don't. I don't want to say it was Cougar. I don't know who it was. Whoever it was that that planned this schedule the way it was, man, that that's really bad. Especially at a time when when the program's it, it very much on the rise. You know, coming alive with with a winning season, with a bowl bid, with uh, players that want to be here, players that want to be wanna here, play for their coach, and then you 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 pay them back with with a five game home schedule. It's, it's just terrible, man. And again. It's not just that, but it's the fact that you're like, okay, here's five games at home, and one of them's Incarnate Word. It's like, what? And and, and on that point, compared to what the attendance was last year, that's not how you build momentum exactly. from a from, exactly. what's, from an administration standpoint. You know, the, at one point, it's gotta, yeah, the coach can do so much as far as wins and losses, but your administration has to make those, uh, you know presidential decisions and it may not be popular to some of us but sometimes it's it's more than popularity it's about being real it's about being real pretty much you know what i mean so it's tough but like Cougar said they're not going to complain they're going to roll their sleeves up yeah. and get to it and that's 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 exactly what you'd expect from a guy like Cougar yeah. in this program 
Um, we could probably talk about this all day, but let's wrap it up. Let's wrap up football. Let's move on. We got 45 minutes left if we need it. I don't think we are going we take to. take a good 30. But, yeah, we'll probably take a good 30. Let's talk some UTEP basketball, man. Uh, huge, huge, huge week for the program. They come off a pair of, of very, very tough, disappointing losses against Western Kentucky and, and Marshall more than anything. And they come home and they rebound against a peaking UAB squad and a pesky Middle Tennessee squad. Um, man, just you couldn't have asked for a better rebound. I mean, it's perfect. The offense showed up. Defense was uh, sort of suspect at times, but for the most part, you saw two. You saw two great efforts. Two defensive, basically two games that that. Oh, I thought it was I thought it was too, <laughs> we're over here watch, watching Oklahoma watch State, Oklahoma State, State side, but oh, I mean, there was just there was a lot of good things. The biggest takeaway that I wrote about on Sunday was the senior leadership, though. You talk about said, you talk about Gosh, Drew man. Washburn combined for over sixty-seven points, twenty-six rebounds, eleven assists, twenty-one out of thirty-eight from the field combined. That is what's going to get this team. This is what we've been calling for. We've been calling for the, for Cooper and Washburn to step up. Lang's had a hell of a year this year with the scoring. He's improved. But Cedric Lang took it to another level this weekend, diving full frontal, full spread for loose balls, the and one, being pesky in the paint, being the big man in there. And that, to me, was used to see those three guys emerge. It wasn't the guys that we've seen, the Urban Morrises, the Omegas. It, it's, it's the seniors, the guy you you guys expect. When pretty much your season is is looking at you in the face, whether you're going to sink or swim, and these guys rose to the occasion. These guys are fired up. They're leaders now. It's not that they weren't leaders before, but you can kind of see that improvement of them. Where a lot of people were sort of calling them out for that. And now that we're seeing that, and it's really exciting. That was my biggest takeaway more than them, you know, going 12 out of 16 from the three-point line, uh, whatever it was from the free throw line, 27 out of 34. You know, it, it's it's the little intangibles that were missing during that losing streak the weekend before that help you make the free throws, that help you make the three-pointers is what showed up. And that's huge to take on a road against two very winnable teams. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. These games should be winning. Yeah. As tough as it is to win on the road, it, these should and be that's, And that's like, at this point, that's my biggest question. And if y'all are still listening out there, I know some of y'all are. Um, I'm sorry that we don't have any more guests on for you, but... <laughs> Me and Alex are still here. If y'all are still out there listening, three four seven nine three four zero nine five one. We'd love to talk to y'all about UTEP basketball and hear hear your takes on last week and this upcoming week. Feel free to call in. Um, but that my biggest thing, man, my biggest question board is: Can we continue with that kind of play, with that consistency? Because we haven't. That to be honest with you, that Middle Tennessee game, even though we weren't there complete, it wasn't a complete defensive performance. You know, you could kind of say they hit a lot of threes on us. They shot pretty well from the field, but it was as complete of an offensive performance as, as we've really seen. Oh, they yeah. scored forty-seven, forty-eight, and what was it, forty-seven, forty something like that in the first half? Yeah, well, I was 45, 45, 45, 45. You know. I think it was the the highest scoring first half. Is that correct? And they have it may have been because they hit forty once early in the year. But I that, think they hit forty nine in the second half against Southeastern Louisiana, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, whatever. Regardless, they played an outstanding offensive basketball game. You saw Julian Washburn come alive, which we haven't seen this entire season. You know, we've seen glimpses, but he really turned it on. And and I'm just wondering, these are definitely winnable games this week. Can we continue with that type of consistency offensively and put it together defensively and pick up a couple games that this team easily, easily should win? I mean, uh, talking about the offense, I mean, Floyd said the easy guys were driving and 
guys were driving and dumping. Guys were driving and kicking out. I mean, it was offense. It was something that we haven't seen. Guys weren't stopping their dribble at the free throw line. Guys were getting it into the paint. Getting, and that's what they're going to have to do. Getting to the free throw line is going to be huge for UTEP. It, it, not only that, but protecting themselves from fouls. But that offense, that's confidence. That should flow. You know, you're, you're facing a team that's pretty much flat-out horrible on defense in FAU. That confidence should roll over with a veteran team. You know, I think this team is can be quoted as all-around a veteran team. Omega Harris has played a lot of minutes. Urban Morris has played a lot of minutes. Hooper Vint, Stallworth, those are your rookies right now. But those guys, all they have to do is just give solid minutes. They don't have to score much. You know, it would be nice. It would be great. But they just have to use their minutes, be solid, give guys a break. And that's the key. And, and really, just like you said, th- these are winnable games where that confidence needs to carry over because we haven't seen that with this team. We've seen a good game. We've seen a great weekend sweep. And then we saw what we saw in, in uh, the past couple of weeks in Marshall and Western Kentucky. Consistent consistent on a week-to-week basis is what I want to see, what I'm looking forward to. You know, it's tough to go win on the road, yes, but you got to show – Something of those of the consistency that you've shown this past weekend, it's got to carry over for this team to get on the roll, which we feel they can get on. And I'm not sure who I'd rather see first in this stretch because, look, both games are very winnable in my opinion. I'll admit it. I'll be the first to admit it. I'm a homer. I don't care. But, um, <laughs> you know, we should win these two games. Yeah, no doubt and about even, it. And even, without even from being from a somebody homer. That, yeah, exactly. From somebody that's not a homer, you should be able to look at this and say, yeah, UTEP should win these two games. But I'm not sure who I'd rather face first because, look, FIU is – FAU is struggling right now. Um, not that FIU is doing much better, but they're doing a little better. And who do you, who would you rather face? The slumping team that's kind of due up for one of those, you know, performances where they put it last together? Last year's performance. Exactly. You saw it last year with uh, – what's the kid's name? That Botley. Botley. Uh, Jaquan? Ja- ja- Mar- Marquan. 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 Marquan Botley. Comes in, bangs in that three to beat us. But, you know – I don't know who who you'd rather face first. What do you think? Pick your poison. I, I would take FAU just because they're not only struggling overall, but they've had some injuries with two of their best players. I was doing some research for the uh, the preview I'm about to put out. Raffington's their, their big mm-hmm. center. He's been hurt with a foot injury. Jackson Trapp, their other really mm-hmm. good shooter, who has been out. So I, I think this team is I, – I definitely – I don't agree with what you're saying when you run into a, a, a team like that, but I just don't think they're there to do that. There's just a lot of chemistry issues with them. You know, they're allowing teams to shoot 48% from the field uh, during conference play. So I think I would take a FAU team that's really struggling to put guys on the floor with health and not only that, but putting consistent, but they do have a nice freshman guard. Massey, I believe that's the name, Justin Massey. Uh, They've actually got some some pretty good contributing players. That's what I'm saying. If you saw those stats, you wouldn't expect their record. Um, it just hasn't be been there is. collectively for them. I mean, you look at a guy like Botley, who's five straight games, double-figure scoring, but before that, I, I, it doesn't come to me right away, but I know he, had, he was in the slump. So, I mean, this is a team that's really been hit or miss all year long, even going back to their conference, their non-conference schedule, where I'm watching a couple of their games and thinking, hey, you know, Florida Atlantic isn't, you know, up to that upper echelon in the top five, but this is a team that could give people trouble, and they just could not turn that corner for me to legitimately say that and confidently say that. But, I mean, going on the road, going to the East Coast time zone for a UTEP team should always be worrisome, I think, just just from watching games. But basketball to East Carolina took a buzzer beater to beat them a couple years ago. That was was always the 
so I mean, um, it's, just, it, it's got to show up. That consistency's got to show up. But if we use a team that UTEP should be able to shut down defensively, and if we see that consistent offense, a team that you should put 80, 85 points on. Well, you know, you definitely should. But here's the other thing that we're not even considering, the fact that UTEP is not – UTEP themselves is not at full strength. Right. You know, we're, we're, we're short a handful of guys – we have all these red shirts that apparently we're not pulling after last week, talking about potentially pulling them. We're not pulling them, so we're running with who we got, which is basically eight players. And you got Hooper Vint and Lou Stallworth, who are um, players not, not trying to be yeah, exactly, not trying to be disrespectful, but they haven't been as productive as we would have hoped they would have been. So you know, you've got eight players, but two of those guys have, have struggled a bit, and Lou's been hurt a little bit too. That's hampered him as well. And and so you know, these guys really have to step up. But here, here's my thing: Vince Hunter still. I mean, I don't know where he's at exactly, but, you know, you still got that knee that's tweaked. That could be something that lingers. He can't explode off his left. There's plant full yeah. plant left. Uh, you know, Matt Wilms is, is obviously out for a couple weeks. But something that I noticed this past week is that they seem to play, and especially early, early on, it kind of faded. I don't know if they got a little tired towards the end, but early on it seemed like they were moving the ball really well. And, and it just seemed like they played with much better chemistry and flow with those lineups that they had. Uh, and it's something that we talked about at the beginning of the season when we were saying about some of the starting lineups, talking about going smaller off the, and bringing Wilms off the bench. Um, I, I feel like it worked. I'm not saying that, that we're better off without Matt, but I feel like that those smaller lineups worked. What, do, what did you think about yeah, that? Yeah, because they threw in – I even tweeted it out. Uh, oh, man, was it the middle – yeah, it was a middle Tennessee game. Floyd put – Stallworth and Omega in that guard, and that's kind of when we were able to make that final run where we said, yeah, this is our game right here. I think it was about a seven- to eight-point game, and UTEP was able to stretch it to 12 and kind of how the whole game went. But that was a bit – you're right, because that was a big, big point in where the offense kind of flowed more again. And I see people – I didn't see it out there. You know, I, I, there's certain things that I watch in the game that I try to keep you guys informed when I'm tweeting, but somebody – pointed out that Stallworth has that demeanor of Chris Paul where it's go to the basket, be aggressive. And that's what you saw in those minutes of stretches where the ball didn't move, guys were getting and ones. I think you think Vince had an and one during that time. Those are just key moments in the game with those smaller lineups. And, you know, it lets you match up because it's like Coach Floyd was saying when I noticed they were outscored 34 to 20 in the paint. You know, sometimes you're going to have to go because you got a guy like Cedric Lane guarding a quick 6'8 guard that's getting behind him. You know, so there's certain things that I think more on the offensive end, yeah, you have an extra point guard like Lou where we've seen his skills, his ability to run offense, and he has a really high basketball IQ for getting guys the ball. But I think more defensively it helps them out. It can help them track a little bit more. It can help them switch defenses where they're using the guards to pressure to get the big kind of trailing for open baskets. So I think more of that is on the defensive side more than, oh, well, you're just bringing another point guard to get the offensive flow because it, it can help. It can help. I mean, Middle Tennessee just killed UTEP off the drive. They pounded us off the drive. Mm-hmm. But when, when Floyd switched to that and he had – and they're still – Omega and, and Lou are still struggling with that. They, they'll openly admit it to – they've said it to us from the beginning of the year. They've been struggling guarding their men and guarding in between their man and the basket. But I think really that's going to be huge when Floyd talks about, oh, we're going to be – switching defenses, it's huge to have that small lineup because we have – I mean, you can't even say smaller because we have athletic guys that are 6'3", 6'2", 6'4", and stalwart that are long and athletic and yeah. can pressure you. So I think that's a big deal on the defensive end when you talk about these smaller lineups against well, pretty much smaller teams. Everybody in Conference USA seems to be smaller than us other than UTSA at I, this point. I really see these next few weeks 
not only as as critical to the future of, of this season, but but I really think that it's a good opportunity for for guys like Stallworth mm-hmm. and Hooper oh, to get some very very good minutes as we head down the stretch into conference tournament play. Because if you look at the way the schedule shapes up, you got at FAU and FIU this weekend, which again, in my opinion, should should be two very winnable games. You come home and you play Charlotte, who has been struggling mightily. Um, ODU, who they kind of rebounded as well last week with a couple of wins, but I think that's another game that, that we might be able to, to come up with at home. I mean, I think we should. If that was on the road, I might feel a little different, oh, yeah. but at home I think that's a, a game we should win. You know, UTSA, again, another game that I still think we should win. Um, so, so really you're talking about – uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven games that you could possibly put together, seven straight games without, well, I guess six without Matt Wilms because he was in versus UB. Um, and that, that to to have that kind of success and play productive minutes on a stretch like that could be very, very key for guys like Stallworth and 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 Hooper. I mean, Hooper's had some some opportunities to play, but especially Stallworth at the guard position, he's. I think all he needs is to get comfortable, you know, because he really hasn't been able to do that. He came in, he got injured, he he spent a lot of time rehabbing and getting back to 100%, and then he finally comes back out, and he's kind of just... He was playing before that. He was in the mix. Not maybe big minutes, but... And he just gets kind of thrust in there because you're short of guys now. And and I just think these, these next games are huge, huge, huge for them because what really matters is conference tournament time, and hopefully by then Matt Williams is back to 100% or as close to it as possible, and these guys have that experience so that way they can go into a tournament like that and come in and play 10, 15, 18 minutes and be productive and be confident while they're in there playing. You said it perfectly. I mean, you're adding dimensions to a team that already has enough dimensions, and if you get in a guy like Hooper Vent that can step out and knock down an outside shot, step in and, and, and shoot, man. And I was listening to a to an interview with Floyd. Where Floyd said he wants to cut that down. I don't say you cut that down too nah, much, but to you know, you, you get a guy like Hooper that could shoot. He if he rebounds, if he comes in, he plays well. And then you get a guy like Stallworth that could get his offensive game going. Like you said, those are ten, fifteen minute weapons that you can use Look, down the stretch of the season. Here's the thing about Vint. He's not a post presence guy. No, he's got some moves, right? He does. But when you're his size and you're going down against the fours and fives of the other team, you're probably going to be outmatched. You're going to be able to come up with a couple buckets here and there, but you're probably going to be outmatched. But when you, as a four or whatever position you're playing, can stretch it out to the three-point line and knock that shot down and force the other team to to defend you out there, then you're adding a whole new dimension to this offense. And he should get a lot of assists dumping it down yeah, the Yeah, because when Sed's in there, when Vince is in there, I mean, Vince is taking a few threes this year, but, you know, they're not really threats to shoot the ball from the outside, especially Matt. Matt is not a threat to shoot the ball from the outside. So these defenses can get comfortable and kind of slack off a little bit, you know, wait around the free throw line, help the paint. And and with with Vin in there, he needs to shoot the damn ball because he can shoot it. And there's been times he's hit a couple threes these last few games, but there's been times where he gets the ball and he's just like, should I? Like, should I shoot it? Should I shoot it? And the defense is testing him. They're going, go ahead, shoot it. You're 6'10". They're giving you a few feet. Knock down that shot. Make them pay for it. And the next time they come down, now they're going to have to guard you and it opens things up down the paint. I mean, that's got to happen. 
That it's not. Oh, that's a good take. No, that shit's gotta happen. It has to. It's gotta happen. I mean, because like you said, it just it adds. It's not only for now, but like like you said, on the future. I mean, this team has to win the conference tournament. Really, I mean, by uh, a crazy way, if we can go all the way to the championship and not lose and lose a championship game, well, UTEP's resume at that point, you beat a, a top forty team currently in Old Dominion. How far they fall, that's another story. Yeah. But I mean, really, it's gotta happen. It has to happen with Hooper yeah. and 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 not really. I think more of the pressure for that should be more on Hooper because he's a junior, because he was highly touted. He's a fourth-year junior more than it is a stalwart, you know, to come in and make that impact. So, I mean, it's huge. And I just saw Tyree Griffin out there on the sideline. I don't know how he feels about being three and five in conference, but that's, that's another story. Yeah, it's going rough. But you know what, man? Um, tomorrow night, FAU, 6 p.m. Mountain Time American kickoff. Sports. American Sports did I say kickoff? You said kickoff. Ooh, that's a, that's a, that's a, National signing day got you. Tip off 6A. Here I go, man. It's getting late. We've been, all, we've been late. on the, we, this this the longest podcast we've ever had. 6 p.m. Is the, is the tip off time for UTEP basketball versus FAU tomorrow. American Sports Network. Make sure you all check that out. Um, obviously, Saturday we got FIU. That's a 3.30 tip, so make sure you tune into that one as well. I believe that's also covered by American Sports Yeah, both of our American, American Sports, Sports Network. Network. Man, that's been so big. And, and I noticed that it's catered to UTEP more than the other fans because I, I, I go weekly and I check that. I mean, everybody's had their fair share, but during conference play, when you look at the uh, the Conference USA uh, TV schedule, all of UTEP road games except Southern Miss that are not on a national televised are on there. No other school is close to that. You know, since since the days of the old WAC, when when games were televised on on local network TV, um, I remember watching all those games. But I don't remember in the last fifteen plus years a time when when you just go to K Fox and watch them. Not just K Fox, but any network or any channel. I don't remember. I don't ever remember the miners be having this many games. And it's not only that, but on you TV. see them them giving other mid major conferences yeah. love and that's a big deal. I mean you get to see some teams that you know basketball honks that will sit and watch any game. I mean, that's pretty cool to turn on fourteen point one and not only that but to see what was it last week, uh Lock Tech and somebody, I mean that's that's really cool. It gets your fans educated as well because you you know, you talk about well I don't I don't know who Old Dominion is. Well turn on your T V you'll see Old Dominion play some play Charlotte before they come in here. So that's huge. That's clutch. Thank you, American Sports Network, and whoever else had a hand in there. Let's wrap this up with a quick talk about some Conference USA basketball. We'll jump in real quick to the uh, Conference USA basketball power rankings, which had a little bit of a shift this week as we began. A little today. bit of a shift. Well, I guess within the top shift. six, it was a huge shift. Yeah, yeah you never even know what's going to happen with these rankings because things are so screwed up in this conference. But yep. Louisiana Tech, after knocking off Western Kentucky, handing them their first loss in conference, comes in at number one, 112 overall points, nine first place votes, 17 and five, eight and one. This week they got at UAB and at Middle Tennessee. That's definitely going to be a, a daunting road task for them. And um, I don't expect them to lose, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did drop one of those games. It's a test. I mean, right now, to me, La Tech is the best team in the Conference USA. And if you sweep, even uh, if, if you if you lose to UAB, I can accept that's on the road. But if you bounce back and you, and you demolish Middle Tennessee or handle them pretty well, tough to play over there in Murfreesboro. But this is a, a test weekend, really, for La Tech. I mean, I, it's hard for them to get a a uh, at-large bid or not a yeah, at-large bid with their RPI the way it is. But, I mean, this is a game where you, you get into a role, you know, those big road games, and this is a huge test for La Tech. But that's 
It's a tough swing that UAB Middle. It's it's proving to be a tough swing in the new era of Conference USA basketball scheduling. No doubt about it. Western Kentucky drops from one to two, 103 votes. No first no first place votes. Six, uh, 15 and six now, eight and one in conference action. Still tied up there at top the the Conference USA USA standings. They got a fairly uh, easy week this week with North Texas and Rice both at home. So I would expect them to pick up a couple wins. I'd be surprised if they dropped one out That's there in Bowling Green for sure. Old Dominion comes in at number three, even though my vote for number three might mean the homer. I know, I was agree. You I have said. a good and, matchup and, for that. And, well, my thing is, listen to this, man. Look, Old Dominion has a better record, but they've struggled. They've struggled for – I think UTEP had a struggle for a really it, – it's been on and off, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, but Old Dominion's kind of struggled offensively for a while now, like consistently. And and not only that, I just felt like UTEP's wins were better. Exactly. If you look at the wins that UTEP put up this week uh, or last week, I guess, uh, in the rankings, it was number three and number five. Or number right? three, three and four. Three and four. So you beat the number three and four teams in the conference. And Old Dominion lost to those. Exactly. So, so I mean, I felt, you know, UTEP should be bumped to number two, number three. Really, it's all semantics. Three, four, whatever it is, you're gonna. You're, it's all gonna be shaken out here in the next couple of weeks. But Old Dominion comes in at number three, seventeen and four, six and three in conference. They got Charlotte this week uh, on Saturday as they got a bye tomorrow. UTEP comes in number four, fourteen and seven, six and two. It, that's that fourteen and seven just looks so much better. Actually, that's six and three. Should be now. Are we six and three? Six yeah, that was my mistake. Bro. Yeah, it is, your, it is your mistake, Alex. Come on. I now. was just trying to be a homer. <laughs> Fourteen and seven looks so much better than twelve and seven. Even though, even though it doesn't look great, it looks better than twelve. I'm and just seven. glad we're not stuck on thirteen. I hate thirteen. Even in NCAA football, fourteen. I don't let my quarterbacks wear thirteen as number thirteen. Makes the and one on the TV. No, he missed it. Oh, he missed it. But he's got two shots. Looks like Texas is going to go down again. Number five, UAB Blazers struggled a bit, man. Now they're 11-11, 7-2. But where they belong, I think. Yeah, where they belong for sure. This week they got uh, Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss, uh, at both at home. I'd look for a split in that one. Middle Tennessee comes in at number six, and I think Middle Tennessee starting to show their true colors. They're a pesky team. They've got some good players, but they're going to finish middle of the pack. I don't think they're really going to contend for for the top of the league. You talk about UTEP not having a scorer that top was. I mean, really, Middle Tennessee just relies on their offensive scheme, which if, if you have a good defensive team like UTEP, you're going to shut them down. And, yeah, they dribbled you off the – they took UTEP off the drive a lot, but they're just missing that offensive firepower to map, to mix with their good defensive play, which is very athletic and very scrappy. So that's a team that's definitely showing their true colors. And with Southern Miss and La Tech, you expect a split, but how do they rebound after last weekend? Uh, two tough losses, I believe. UTSA comes in at number seven at 10 and 10, four and five. They're kind of making a move up the rankings here. Uh, they they stay idle at seven, but they've made a, they've made a jump over the last few weeks. They've got uh, along with UTEP, they they play the opposite. They've got FIU tomorrow and FAU on Saturday, so that could be a chance for them. I have to, them to, at nine. I just I just don't think they're athletic enough. They have great players. I like Jerome Hill. I like their guard play, but I just don't think that they. I want a top team. I, I mean, I agree with you, but the thing is, it's so muddy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A, we know who the top four or five teams are. I, I would say five. I'll cut it at five. But six through the rest of the league, I mean, well, let's say six through ten maybe, you could probably make an argument for any of them to be interchanged. And the same thing with the bottom four. I mean, it's just it's it's muddy down there, and you really don't know where to put anybody. I believe I had UTSA at six simply, simply because they've picked up a few good wins as of late. They're up to ten and ten, four and five. If they pick up wins at FIU and at FAU, then I would definitely put them into oh, that top that, six. They'll prove a lot to me if they could go on swing that. 
Florida International comes in at number eight, eight, uh, ten and ten overall, three and four in conference. They've got actually they had F, FAU last night. Did nice. they lose? Yeah. Um, oh, they won. They won. FIU won. FAU lost. And that, yeah, actually, you're right. It, well, they were blowing them out too at yeah, halftime. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. FAU kind of fought back. Uh, UTSA and UTEP this week, as we already know. Um, again, they're number they're number eight, moving up a spot from last week. Charlotte comes in at number nine, continues to slide. I think this is a team that that you really thought would maybe not compete for a championship, but would definitely be up there making some noise, right? Yeah, I mean they're going through issues with their coaches, having health problems. Hope Allen Major gets veterans on the sideline, but I mean that's tough when you have something like that. A team that's they've kind of been the same core team for the past couple of years with Piara Henry. You know that that could really screw with your chemistry, especially a guy like Allen Major. That's I mean I think he's a hell of a coach. So that's that's tough to go through and. Because I really think Charlotte is a, is a really good basketball school along with Old Dominion in the conference going forward. North Texas comes in at number 10. Um, Rice checks in at number 11. Florida Atlantic at 12. Marshall at 13. Southern Miss at 14. Things are starting to shape up down there. Um, but at the same time, you can make an argument for, for any of those to be interchanged. But uh, big time week for UTEP. Um, again, you know, as I mentioned last week, in my opinion, I, I'm done with the conference, man. Like I'm not, I'm not worried about is this a two bid league or what's our RPI or anything like that. Nah, man. It's it's time to just worry about ourselves and and just get it together, man. I mean, I know we're short guys. I know we're I know we're playing extra minutes. I know we're banged up. Um, well, we went through that last year and we won seven yeah. straight. So and, and I would say that last year we were much more depleted than we are this oh, year. Hey, not man. not just maybe we had more guys. To play, you know, you talk about we brought in uh, was it Jones? Was Jones there last year? Was that last year? It was Jones last year, was, right? Yeah. They came in and, and Caldwell was playing, and so you might have had a few more bodies out there. But I think I think last year overall as a team, we had lost more guys. Like with those guys coming in, we were just kind of trying to find guys to play, yeah. and, and we still did well. So you know, we've, we've we've proven that we could do it, and and I think it's time. It's time to do it again. We come in a sex sex. Six point favorite, dude. I'm all over the place right now. I'm trying to wrap this up. It's almost been two hours. Um, I don't know how Cap does it for three, man. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same <laughs> way while we're doing it. I'm like, three hour and a half, and I'm gonna be. I need a five hour. I should have five hour. I should drink that beer. <laughs> uh, UTEP tips at eight p.m. Eastern, six p.m. Mountain time. They're a six point favorite according to ESPN. These lines are never exact, but should be somewhere around there, somewhere in that neighborhood. Six point favorite, man. What do you think? I put in my game preview. I put eleven and a half. I I think UTEP will be able to shut them down defensively. It's kind of crazy that UTEP came in as eleven and a half, ten. I think it was like ten to eleven and a half point favorites against both uh, UAB and Middle Tennessee. Cool. Last both week. streaking. Yeah. And you go to on the road. And I understand you're on the road, but you, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. Uh, so you think you think ten points, right? That's, that's I, about I right. I think eleven and a half. Yeah, I would I would probably take that, man. I think I think we'll we'll be able to pick up that win. I I see this game kind of like I saw the Rice game though. And I didn't think Rice should have come back and been as close as they were, but they did. Um, they shoot a lot of threes. So and that's, that's what that's, killed us last you know, year. I'm glad Pablo Berton ain't there no more. But, oh, <laughs> I forgot him. about that guy. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I think I think we should be able to, to pick up the double-digit win. Rice at Marshall, 7 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Mountain. Marshall's a five-point favorite. That's kind of interesting there. I think that should be a pretty good game. I think Rice's three-point shooting could be a difference, but what we see the Marshall team that played their ass off against UTEP yeah. is that, I mean, that's a fact. They, they gotta played put pretty in, well they, last week. Not, not as good. I think they lost to Western Kentucky and... Southern Miss was it? Western Kentucky. No, I well, just maybe been Western Kentucky. That's their travel partner, I think. 
Anyway, they, they, they scrapped for a little while against them, but that should be an interesting game at home. They might be able to pick up the third win in conference. UTSA and FIU, 530 Mountain, 730 Eastern. FIU is a two-point favorite, two-and-a-half-point favorite. That, that, that's also, that I mean, as the line states, that should be a close game. I think I, I would expect FIU to pull it out in a close one. Um, but, but again, I'm impressed with the way UTSA has kind of come together the last couple of weeks, and I think they're going to have an opportunity at the end of the game to win. Yeah, I agree. I've been down on UTSA. I've been talking down on them, but, you know, they you got some senior... talk down on them. Yes. Football, basketball. Well, when your fucking cunt of ex-girlfriend <laughs> went there, that'll do that shit for you. So. <laughs> I hope none of the UTEP commits are listening anymore. <laughs> Real quick, I talked to I talked to Alex about how professional he sounds on on ESPN radio, and then I'm like, who's this clown on the rush, man? What's going on? Alex sounds like he's a CBS uh, broadcaster on, on ESPN, you know, and then he comes on here, and he sounds like he's from, I don't know. Northeast, <laughs> Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so moving on from that, man, UTSA, I think they're going to have an opportunity, I I but I'm going to say FIU wins. Uh, Southern Miss at Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee is a 13.5-point favorite. I think that's a bit heavy. Um, but considering where Southern Miss is at, it wouldn't surprise me if they lost by 30. Yeah, I mean, but Middle Tennessee has the ability to shut you down, just like Floyd, make you yeah. play left-handed. So, I, I, Middle Tennessee, I think they cover, actually, if that's really legit line. North Texas at Western Kentucky. Uh, Western Kentucky is favored by 11. I'd say that's pretty much spot on. Yeah. Um, I think I think North Texas might hang for a little while, but that that's – that's a tough place to play, even though they, they don't necessarily get a ton of fans. It's not like they're selling the place out, but that's, that, we saw Utah go out there and struggle heavily, so I would expect Western Kentucky to, to pick up another win there. And finally, Louisiana Tech at UAB in what could the be the game of the, of the night. Uh, Louisiana Tech's only favored it's by two CBS and a half points. points. Uh, Is it? Yeah, it's on CBS oh, yeah. Sports. Sports, yep, yes, sir. That's a that's a 7 p.m. Actually, that's an hour after. That's right. That's 7 that's p.m. Right. Mountain, 9 p.m. You know, they after. changed that FAU game. That that's why I keep tripping because they on the schedule on the paper poster it says five. Then it was seven. Now it's six. So I that's um, yeah. We, you think La Tech in that one? I don't I don't see how you can go against them. But but UTEP could have easily lost to UAB. Yeah, easily. You know, and and that was here in El Paso in the Don Haskins Center. That would have been such a disaster of a loss, but. Um, yeah, if they get off to another impressive start yeah. like they did, La yeah. Tech is going to have a and, and La Tech has, been, has done that a few times recently where they've fallen back by 15, 20 points. 21 points that's, to North Texas. That's tough to come back from. Um, so that should be an interesting game. Even Marshall jumped. That's who it was last week that jumped out on La Tech. Yeah, when you, and I was over here calling the upset uh, special, special. 22 to 9. <laughs> and they changed, I, I swear they went on like a – Thirty to something run because that game got out of hand quick. But yeah, that's that's a big game to watch. That's a big game to watch. Some interesting games over the CUSA landscape. And man, what a day! What, what a day, day it was, rush. man. Uh, National Signing Day has come and gone. I guess there's still a couple hours left technically, but National we could, Signing we could Day. Have some more news. We have, keep we it, like, I mean, there, there could be. This is a signing period, really. Yeah. it's not a signing day, yeah. so there could be maybe a 2015 guy that. UTEP went after, and hey, you might send in his LOI if the offer's still out there. And not only that, but the preferred walk-ons, we're going to work on that. Those should be kind of rearing their heads out at us in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned to the rush. Y'all know where you can get us. Y'all know where y'all can find us. Keep it up. We love it. Hey, man, it's for y'all, man. Like uh, you know saying. what? I got I to gotta say shout-out to – I mean, we, we can't see any names or anything like that. Obviously, you guys don't see in sign-in to, to listen, but we do see a few of you that are still out there and have been on there for – nearly the entire show right now 
and uh, really appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate all the callers that called in, all these future – well, I keep saying future. These these are minors now. They've signed their LOIs. Um, all these minors that, that came on here to talk to us and give us some insight about the whole recruiting process and why they chose UTEP and what they're expecting. I mean, I think it was, overall it was a great show. It was a great I show, very successful. Uh, we appreciated the callers that called in to talk about their thoughts on UTEP. Very, very insightful. Some of those comments were – I mean, I could, like I said earlier, they I could have said that myself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and really, they could. They oh, could. Yeah, Maybe man. they want to. Anytime you guys want. You guys are welcome out here on the Rush podcast. But you all know where to find us, at SBN Minor Rush on Twitter, SBN Minor Rush on Gmail. Uh, what is it? Facebook.com slash Minor Rush. Minor Rush.com, of course. If you want to hit me on Twitter, it's at Anthony Salome. Alex is at A-Rod Minor Rush. Um, and look out for Alex's Instagram coming up. With his, I'll be posting with mad his. selfies. <laughs> uh, mad selfies for days, baby. All right, man. National signing date is a wrap. Peace.